Hello, this is Haley Nauman, and you're listening to the Maybe Baby Podcast. Hello, darkness, my Today I'm talking about newsletter number 30. It's called Intrusive Thoughts, and I brought on two of my very favorite people in the entire world to discuss these topics, my brother and sister, Andy and Kelly Nauman. Um, they're joining me from, well, Andy's in New York and Kelly's in Denver, so we had a little um, a Zoom of sorts, and... I got a little bit excited throughout this conversation, so pardon my literal shouting. I need to put my mic further away from my mouth. I just I just get too hyped up. Um, <laughs> it's actually funny that I got hyped up since this episode is genuinely so morbid, and that's the other thing I wanted to mention in this intro. A slight trigger warning for a very morbid and dark conversation. We're talking about death... Um, We're talking about fear and anxiety and intrusive thoughts and really dark images that we haven't been able to get out of our heads. And I just don't, I don't know if it's a good thing to listen to before bed or if you're like not in a good place. (laughs) I mean, who's in a good place right now? But um, yeah, I just, I just wanted to, to give you a little warning. We also have a tendency to kind of laugh our way through these topics because it makes it feel less scary. And um, so... My last note is, if these aren't things you like to laugh at, I definitely think this would be a fine one to skip. But if you'd like to meet my lovely siblings and are dark yourself, then maybe you'll fit right in. Okay, I am not going to talk anymore because I'm starting to make it sound like this episode is not at all fun or worth listening to, and I actually think it really is. We had a lot of fun recording this. I was laughing as I edited it, and so... um, If you're on board with all of my warnings, then let's dive right in. Okay, so we're recording. I'm recording. I'm yes, me too. Hi guys. Hi. Welcome to the Maybe Baby Podcast. (laughs) Should we have you do it this this week, Kelly? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it's. I just love knowing how having watched you like practice it. I love listening to it every week. (laughs) (laughs) It's horrible. A horrible, horrible name for podcast. Um. Anyway, so th- so we're going to talk about Emily in Paris, right? <laughs> yeah, this is the welcome to the Emily in Paris episode. <laughs> uh, I just have two new guests. It's just going to be a rotating Emily in Paris <laughs> podcast. New people to weigh in every week. Um, actually, Kelly, did you watch Emily in Paris? Yeah, I did. Well, I didn't finish it all the way. Your all your your podcast spoiled the ending for me, so I was like, <laughs> no, Avi warned me. It was fine, but no, that's not really why. I don't know. I just stopped. Okay, well, sorry about that. You know I'm very anti-spoiler, so. I know I was going to wait to listen, but it's fine. I don't blame you or Avi or Harling. Okay, well, Andy, I know you're a huge, huge fan of Emily. Yeah, I mean, don't but... don't play with me because I'm ready to do an episode on this. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, I brought you both on because you're my, A, just my womb crew, my womb sharers. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because I think that we all each have like very particular relationships with anxiety and I thought, it, and we've, you know, shared our lives, our anxious lives. And so I wanted to bring you on to discuss, um, intrusive thoughts, anxiety, the weird spirals we have at 2 a.m., um, our, our fears about, um, dying young, <laughs> Uh, I also want to, I don't know the answer to this, but we'll have to save it for the end, no spoilers, but I want to know if you guys ever had little OCD tendencies as kids, because I definitely did in our house. And I'm curious if you had any either. Or I'll just tell you about mine. Yeah, maybe it'll trigger a memory. <laughs> yeah. 
Like touching something um, consistently every time you went up the stairs or something? Oh my god. That's I had that one. I feel like hearing you have them, Haley, is like the least surprising thing. <laughs> Wait, why? <laughs> Just because you're so like practiced and measured. Like, of course you'd like think some doing something like meant something and so you would just do it every day like religiously <laughs> wait you want to know what mine was let's just cut to the chase <laughs> yeah um in mom and dad's bathroom you remember how when you went in the fan would automatically turn on in like three seconds oh i know i have this too <laughs> <laughs> i used to have to i used to have to slap the back of the toilet before the fan turned on Oh, whoa. Like I definitely the top. feel like I try to beat the fan regularly. Wait, how did you try to beat it, you mean? I don't know. I'm trying to decide Was how much time was there. No, I know. It's because you want to get in and sit down on the toilet before it detects you. And then you're still and it won't turn on. Yeah, is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, I really don't like the involuntary fan turn on. Me either. Not a fan. It's, yeah. So to speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, my other... Um, weird compulsion as a kid and this is maybe like a combo of like fear and anxiety but you know the big window like on by our stairs like the landing window basically there was like lights far off and like I watched some CSI episode or something when I was too young and I learned about snipers (laughs) and I always thought like as if snipers have like lights on their guns (laughs) I always thought there was a sniper pointed on our window wait was it like a stoplight I think it was, like, a street light, like, a few blocks away. So I would sprint up the stairs to make sure the sniper didn't get me in time. And, like, even though it was there every night as if there was a sniper every single night. And, like, this yeah. is going to be the night. <laughs> I definitely had the classic one where you run up the stairs as fast as you can because you're being chased every time. <laughs> even, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you kind of actually get scared even though you're, like, you yeah. know you're not being chased. Yeah. Ooh. Do you remember, Hills, I, when we shared a room, how you could see um, a streetlight on Grant Road? I feel like we used to do this together, um, or at least you knew, where we would, like, tie our shoes, like, in speed with the lights. Like, we could only tie our shoes when they when it was green. Oh, my was God, just no. Mean? Oh, that's a random thing I think about a lot. But that was kind of a weird habit. Oh, that's so funny. But I thought we did it together, but maybe not. Maybe it was after you moved out into your own room. When I had the TV, like, up in the corner? I was just thinking about that the other day. Like, precariously, like... <laughs> Wait, let's explain. Because there... So, basically, in our house, there was, like, a room that our parents used as a gym, I think? The Nordic yeah, track no, was in Nordic there. track was yeah. in there. <laughs> okay, there was, a, there was a dusty old Nordic track. It was a tiny carpeted bedroom. It did not look like a gym, to clarify. No. Um, but, like, for some reason, like, very ambitiously, they had a tiny TV, like, installed into the top corner of the room. But it was, like, a full CRT, like, a big cubic yeah. TV. It wasn't a flat yeah. screen. Yeah, oh, it was a perfect cube. Yeah, yeah, it was, like, 13 by 13 by 13. <laughs> Exactly. And I was absolutely beyond thrilled when I got to move in there and mom said I could keep the TV. It was only a VHS player. It didn't have any, yeah, it didn't have yeah. any cable. Um, but I remember I got, we, for some reason we rented, this can't be right, but I remember watching stories about like kids being kidnapped on that TV. And Whoa. like that was where my like fears of getting kidnapped started. Whoa. <laughs> Did you guys remember watching those? I mean, Annie was more like my partner in crime. Was that, I mean, like Rescue 911 vibes. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Oh, my God. Wait, is Rescue 911 still on? No, but I'm waiting for the Netflix reboot like they did with Unsolved Mysteries. 
Did you guys watch Unsolved Mysteries? I watched the first few. No, but you told us not to, right? I, I mean, I am a vehement opposer of this show because they're not solved. They don't solve them. There's yeah. no satisfaction, yeah. <laughs> it's a huge problem. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't work for our, like, immediate gratification generation. The best thing you'll get is, like, they might reopen a case if the episode's popular enough. Yeah. I mean, it's like you're watching it and you're like, I know this isn't solved, but, like, you expect it to be solved. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it seems, like, not worth the episode if they don't solve it. It's kind of a weird it's not, it's not worth strategy. it. Strategy. Yeah. Uh, I propose a new show idea, Solved Mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. Um, what did you guys do today? I wanted to ask because I know, Andy, you did something pretty relevant to our conversation. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what did you do? Well, I got back to New York for the first time in four months uh, on Friday afternoon. And today I essentially redecorated my apartment. Which is huge. Moved, which is huge. I, I hung art up on the walls for the first time since I moved in over a year ago. And why had you not hung the art? Because it gave me too much anxiety about where I would pick <laughs> to put it and I would regret it. It was, I mean, I kind of thought it was your, the look you were going for, like the, the art. Yeah, like the art against. on the floor look. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, of course you would assume that I was doing the look, but <laughs> it was more driven by indecision. Okay, so then now that you know you're moving out in a month, you decided to put the art up? Yeah, and I was texting. What changed? I was texting my friends, like, should I put this here? And then I nailed it up right in the center. And then they wrote back and they were like, yeah, but put two of them right next to each other in that space. (laughs) Right after I had centered one. (laughs) And I felt nothing. How did you deal with that, Andy? I moved on and forgot about it. And I'm happy that the art's up on the walls. And I don't care if it looks bad. Because the satisfaction of completing the task absolves the anxiety. That's right. <laughs> that reminds me of a really old essay. You guys remember when I talked about like cleaning the mirror with like wet toilet paper instead of like proper cleaner? You remember that? Yeah. It's such Vaguely. a stupid anecdote and I'm like mad that I'm even bringing it up because I've like used it before <laughs> and I hate it. But um, I had like a really dirty mirror for a long time and like in just like a fit of and I kept wanting to clean it and forgetting it and like thinking about cleaning it and then I finally did it with like a, like I just took the toilet paper like you know when you get into like a manic mood and you're like I'm doing it right now yes oh yeah and so I like I got the toilet paper wet and I just wiped it down it like literally looked worse <laughs> but I was like I felt better because I like finally did something instead of thinking about it and I remember that was like a huge turning point in my life really <laughs> whoa okay so in a similar vein like there will be a little item that's left out or out of alignment that I leave there for months and months. I mean, there's probably some things that are like, I'll I'll have like a little piece of trash that's out on the table or something. And I just won't throw it away for months. Oh my God, Andy, that's like how I describe depression. (laughs) But it's, yeah, wait, wait, I don't know. Can you finish the thought, Andy? Or is this like to, is it like a self-discipline thing or like, are you punishing yourself? I don't know why I do it. Like, I've had this screw has been on my desk. <laughs> a loose screw has been on my desk for, like, six months. And I just won't throw it out. No, you know what? It's, like, it takes some level of, like, um, decision-making and almost, like, I would say um, care. Like, not – I don't want to say self-care because that's just so overused. But, like, picking the thing up 
is like a form of being like, I'm going to take action on this that's bothering me. And I think that when I'm kind of depressed, I like don't have any energy to do that. So I like, I'll, like there will be a sock that I like missed in my hamper and I just like won't put it in the hamper, even though I see it over and over and over again. Yeah, that's a good example. And I know it would make me feel better, but I still don't do it. I think the inaction is an action though, because you're intentionally leaving it there. You know <laughs> that you can just grab it. And why do you think that we leave it then? I don't know. It's a conscious decision though. And it's something that I do a lot. You think it's like, maybe it's self-punishing. You don't want to feel better. Yeah, okay. That could be true. <laughs> no, I, I'm more on Hale's, I'm on more on your side because I think about this actually a lot now, you know, now that I've lived with Matt for a long time because you kind of have to like, you end up sort of being on the same page where you like almost dig yourself deeper together or you like are totally opposite and then you like pull the other one out of it. Like, do you, are you an Avi like that too? Like, like sometimes our house just gets so messy and, and we're both just like, what are we like? This is a nightmare. What are we doing? <laughs> and then sometimes the other one's like cleaning up after the other one. And, and we don't really, we kind of balance out, but I, I agree with you. I think it's weird how much energy it can take to like do that one small little thing that would only take you a short period of time. But for some reason, like deciding to do it, I don't know, maybe you think it'll like trigger more, things you have to do. I don't know, but I, I'm really bad about that too. I do think it takes like the hardest part of really anything is just like gathering the motivation to do it. Like the thing is never as hard as like your, your like idea of the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're like, Oh, hanging my art. You know, I always, I always call it like putting it on a pedestal. We used to say this in college a lot. I was like, you're putting off something for a test. And like, it's, the fact that you're putting it off is making you so much more anxious that you put the whole thing on a pedestal and it's like, it's actually no big deal. Just like fucking read the chapter. You know what I mean? I, I feel like I'm doing that with like my whole life. The whole life's on the pedestal. <laughs> you put your life on a pedestal. <laughs> That's a funny word choice though. Cause you kind of like, obviously normally that means like, well, I guess you're you celebrating false it. Imp- I don't know. Cause I can't, yeah. It's like f- importance or false importance even. But you almost mean like, well, I guess that is what you're saying. It is false importance. I think you're right. It's just not, it's not a positive connotation. It's like you've, you've lifted up the idea of this as like so much harder than it really is when like, I think that tends to happen when you think of the whole thing instead of like the small steps that actually make up that thing. You know, like Avi talks about this a lot. Like he'll be listening to a song and he'll be like, how the fuck did they write this song? Like, this is a crazy, incredible song. Like this, there's just, I could just never make anything like this. And I'm like... But they didn't just, like, make this song in a day. They probably, like, did it piece by piece, and it, like, it took, a, like, it's hundreds of steps and different people weighing in, and it, like, built yeah. over once, you know? Yeah. That's Sounds like someone it. needs to listen to Song Exploder. There's a whole <laughs> podcast about that. <laughs> oh, I just actually listened to, against my better judgment, a Selena Gomez uh, Song Exploder episode. Why? I think... Do you guys ever listen to that? No, but I would listen to that one. I feel like they, like, really wanted to make it seem like she, like, was more involved in the writing of the song, you know? And it was just sort of awkward. Yeah, that one's like, so I showed up to the studio, they played the track for me, and then I sang it, and we were done in two hours. No, it was kind of like that. It was like, they were like, and then Selena had this amazing idea for, like, this line, you know? And you're like, oh. (laughs) Anyway. Okay, wait, I wanted to kind of talk through... Some maybe like memorable experiences that we've had with maybe it's intrusive thoughts or like anxiety or maybe like you could call it like a spiral like and it can be funny or serious. 
whatever, you, whatever you're feeling. <laughs> but like, um, a time where you like were really stressed about something or like really hung up on something in your mind and like felt totally out of control. I I have ideas for both of you, but I thought maybe you could come <laughs> with your own <laughs> grab bag. <laughs> Well, one thing I was going to say about that is that I remember it was sort of recently, um, like, I feel like in the last like five years or so where I told you guys um, about a, kind of a scenario like that, where like something really stupid that I'd said like years before, just like played in my head all the time. Oh, yeah. And I remember you guys both looking at me like, that's anxiety. And I kind <laughs> of like hadn't really connected them. Like, this is so ingrained in all of us. That I don't, I never quite put a word on it until recently. Um, and yeah, now I have a word for what I feel all the time. <laughs> Wait, you just learned that you have anxiety? <laughs> well, I had it. Well, we had, I think it was part of us talking about where I just felt like I didn't connect with that word. Cause everybody, I mean, I read constantly all day, every day about people feeling anxiety or being anxious. And I just like, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I just didn't, I thought it was maybe something more pronounced than something like that. And that I, was obviously something I thought about and felt every day. I don't know. I just had never put a name on it. I mean, I think it can be. It's like a huge spectrum. I know that like um, like medical professionals say that there have to be like physical symptoms or like typically there are like... Diarrhea? <laughs> that's just you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a beating, like a fast beating heart or like, you know, you maybe your like body is like physically tensed. Like pouring sweat and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not I mean, like loss of sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I mean, I think Kelly. It's, I'm glad you brought that up because I meant to say that typically we think of Andy and I as being more anxious, depressed. That's a, there's a <laughs> slash between those two, um, or a dash, if you Andy's will. He's like, uh. <laughs> and I think that like. I think that me and Andy tend to be a little bit more, we ruminate a little bit more, or like maybe feel a little bit more like existential, like dread about our lives or something. Whereas like, I feel like sometimes you've managed that better and, and tend to be a little bit more like even keeled or something. But I think that what was fun about that realization was like, oh no, 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 you have it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, no, I mean, I felt that relief too. I want to know what you were thinking about. Like, you can even change some of the details, but, like, what was the thing you said that you couldn't stop thinking about? Well, I know what that one... I don't feel like that one is very interesting. I feel like... But the more mild, the funnier. (laughs) No, no, no. I know. I've been thinking about it because I know what your favorite one is that is... (laughs) Not podcast appropriate? But I was, like, I was thinking about it. I'm, like, is this... Am I even ready to talk about it? Because it still, like, (laughs) makes me sweaty to remember. I think it, we can say in general terms that you accidentally weren't on mute for a work call. <laughs> yeah. And it was like the perfect storm of like weird scenarios where like Matt was sitting next to me on the bed and we were kind of trying to multitask. It wasn't an important work call. It was like, well, it was, it was like a celebration for one of my coworkers because she was about to have a baby. It was a surprise baby shower. I'll go okay. ahead and give all the details. <laughs> I was just going to say, did she listen to the Maybe Baby podcast? I know. I'm like, I know that. I, I mean, maybe. No, I'm, I'm no, kidding. But, you think she pays? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was like, yeah. Yeah. Do you pay? Oh, I almost just said her name. Um, yeah. And it was it was like a really sweet event that someone had planned for her. But she obviously like, and this was in quarantine. So like, you know, especially my company, like we weren't super into video at that time. So when she had like a surprise meeting, 
or no, she knew she thought the meeting was for something else. And then it was like all her friends. And so she had to turn her video on, even though she wasn't planning to, which is like, you know, for most people would be like a nightmare for like a work call. Right. Yeah, I mean, if I'm not planning to turn my video on, there's like, I don't get ready or anything. Hate that. Um, and yeah, I wasn't muted. And I commented that like, she obviously didn't know that it was going to be a video chat. And I said something about like, it kind of looks like she's in Andy. <laughs> I just I I made the observation that it could look like she might be in pajamas, and I was like, I felt like such. You felt bad for her though. I felt so bad, and well, yeah. So I felt really bad, and I commented on to Matt, and then I realized I wasn't on mute. I saw somebody, some girl's face, look completely (gasps) shocked, (laughs) and I was like, oh my god, and I just immediately quit the call, the Zoom call. Oh my god, Kelly, you quit? Yeah, that was the worst. I mean, if I was you, I would have quit. The job. <laughs> well, don't think that you didn't suggest that to me a couple hours later as the only possible solution to yeah, this problem. resignation immediately. Tendering your res like three oh. minutes later. Witness protection program. Yeah. Move out of the country. Oh my God. I'm honestly, I mean, I feel like other people who either don't know me or are whatever, for whatever reason, not engaged in my story will think it seems dramatic, but I'm honestly like sweating telling that. I think like it made me, I was so embarrassed. I was so, I mean, I just am not someone who, I would never make that comment like to her face, right? I would never. Well, you don't want her to, to think that you were like meaning to be rude. You were just sort of commenting like, oh, like she wasn't ready you know? Yeah, right? like, I felt bad for her. I wouldn't have liked to be in that situation. And then, like, I think also then I, the, a real part of the spiral was, like, I felt so bad for, like, judging her. Like, I never probably would have commented on that if it was a guy. Like, I just felt, like, really deeply sad about being the person who would make that comment, who would, like, have it be heard. Um, plus, it's your coworkers. Right. Were you worried? Cause, so, for some context is why you're telling this story, you didn't stop thinking about this for, like, days. Right? You were like a wreck. Yeah. I mean, I would say it's still on my mind fairly <laughs> regularly. But yeah, those first couple of days were really bad. Like, I don't think I slept for days. I mean, barely. It was I mean, really, really bad. I'm sorry to laugh. I, I actually feel No, it is funny. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you guys knew all about it. I texted you, like, right away. I mean, it was like one of those things where, like, for days, like, Matt, I would just cut Matt off. To just, like, crumple and be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I mean, it was just, like, it would just haunt me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't know, I mean, is that, like, are there people who don't have that? It seems like, if for this to be noteworthy, it seems like it has to be sort of unique. I think that, I think that a lot of people have experienced that. But I think most of us can recognize that it's irrational. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm like, definitely not defending it. Well, I think the <laughs> accidental, you know, not muted Zoom comment is a uniquely 2020 risk. But I think the feeling that you felt for days, weeks, months after is something that people experience about everyday encounters yeah. or imagined scenarios. And, like, that's a feeling people have for no reason other than the feeling itself. You know what it reminds me of, though, which is, like, a big high school energy? Sending the text to the wrong person. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> this gets back to, like, something I read about a couple weeks ago or maybe last week, which is, like, the point of gossip. And, like, I do think that some gossip can be, like, mean-spirited to the point of, like, like sort of discouraging compassion and, like, mutual understanding. But a lot of times it's kind of just, like, you're affirming that you agree with some, you know, t- to... To say that you dislike something that someone else did to your friend and have you both agree 
it's a form of like connecting like okay we agree on this like we see the world in the same way in this way and so that doesn't necessarily mean that I would ever want to give that feedback to that person yeah and that's and that's fine because that's just it's not really about them it's about me and my friend and so, like, a lot of things yeah. that we say in private, we wouldn't say to the person. I don't think that makes us necessarily snaky. I mean, there can be snaky versions of it. So, like, sending a text to the wrong person is a complete nightmare. Like, it's not something you would want to say. People say, like, if you wouldn't say it to their face, don't say it. But I'm like, I don't know if I agree with that. Oh, I yeah. I agree with what you just said. I think there's the type of things that seem maybe sort of questionable to share or voice. But if you feel like it's something you would say to them as, like, feedback or in friendship or whatever is totally different than something you might share and like to build a bond or connection with another person that you wouldn't share with the third person. I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, I try to be fair in my gossiping, you know, kind of like examine, like uh, empathize and like wonder why they might've done that. But you can still also be like, I'm annoyed. (laughs) I definitely think about like the, the, what I learned from the sending the text to the wrong person now is anxiety that I've butt dialed someone and like, Ooh. if I ever have the feeling, I'm like, I need to check my phone to make sure that I haven't accidentally called this very specific person that I'm talking about. <laughs> like, I probably shouldn't be saying whatever I'm going to be saying. Yeah. Wait, it, it probably falls me? outside the like, yeah. Rem- Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, it reminded me of Mary when she was like dating this guy and we kept asking her questions. And every time she would like look around, like as if he was going to be right there. We're like, it's New York. Like, <laughs> he's probably not right here. I will say I was driving with Danny in LA a few weeks ago and Mary's ex-boyfriend, who was the one she would always talk about, pulled out of an intersection in a truck right in front of us. And oh we drove God. behind him for like two blocks. <laughs> and now I believe Mary. He could be anywhere. <laughs> That's true. We should all be cautious. I mean, I do think like general cautiousness or, or I mean, the lessons to be learned about like being cruel to people, I don't think they're without merit, but... I still think that there's, yeah. like, some, like, purpose, connective tissue to be gained through gossip as a social practice. But sometimes you, you're you not on mute, and that's a big problem. Wait, Andy, do you have any um, good stories about being up all night other than just every night of your life? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to just pick one of those, but I do, I mean, the... The, the classic, which I think in hindsight might be the, the origin of my sleep problems. Oh, my God. Really? Or, I mean, it's definitely the first night I can remember this problem was I think I was a junior in college. And uh, Jenny, my girlfriend at the time, and I spent the night in Santa Cruz. Because I, I was, think I was leaving to go study abroad in Prague. And it was like the last trip before we went away on our respective study abroad programs. I thought it was an anniversary. Maybe it was our anniversary. It was our anniversary right before we both left to okay, go so to combo. Europe or something. Um, but yeah, I, I had my first sleepless night. And the only reason the story is funny is that I couldn't fall asleep because I could not stop thinking about miniature hotel amenities <laughs> and all the different... <laughs> bath products that you get in miniature proportions specifically at hotels can you give some examples and it, i mean it, you know mini soaps uh, <laughs> mini toothpaste mini floss shampoo mm-hmm. conditioner mm-hmm. the works um and i just couldn't fall asleep because my mind was could only think about miniatures mini amenities 
<laughs> it's it's crazy because like I feel like I could in like one minute I could probably like be done with what I could think of in terms of amenities. Well, it's not that so much that you're stuck thinking about unique different variations. You just cycle through them oh, repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then if you bring like a, a scent into it, then it can really <laughs> go exponential. <laughs> a scent or a flavor. This is the birth of your insomnia. Do you feel like you get caught in these um, cycles very frequently these days? Um, yeah, definitely. I'll have nights where there's like one little nagging thing. A lot of it's work related, like a, a analytics related business metric <laughs> that will just have ringing around in my head. Um, oh my God. That's haunting me through the night. But now it's more when I wake up, I'm just, I'm, I'm immediately, you know, I know that I'm not gonna be able to go back to sleep and that's the real crux of it. It's less of like a racing mind. It's more like, oh, well now I'm up. And it's 2 a.m., so I guess I'll start my day. Yeah, it's like your anxiety of not sleeping, or even like a fear of not sleeping, which maybe are the same thing, is what keeps you from sleeping. It's like the, the classic. Yeah, I don't know if it's a real... My, I was diagnosed with sleep anxiety, which I didn't know was a real thing. Mm. But there is some term, some phobia-sounding term for being scared of going to sleep. Are being scared of going to sleep or being scared of not being able to sleep? Um, those are I one think of the of same them for you. One of the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> now, my therapist, like three or four months ago, was like, "Just think about like coziness and being warm and tucked into a bed and Uh-oh. just falling into like a deep, peaceful sleep." And now I'm like, I hate her. Just <laughs> every other night when I'm like, I'm cozy, I'm warm, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> I'm fucking cozy. Yeah, but does she know that you don't like to be comfortable? Yeah. Right. And she knows that I hate her for it, for saying that, too. I feel like that's kind of annoying advice for somebody who so desperately wants to sleep but can't. Like, don't, isn't that what everyone's first step is when they're trying to fall asleep? Like, the other yeah. day, Matt was like, imagine your feet are falling asleep. And I was like, duh. At, like, we've been doing that since we were, like, five. I mean, that's not helpful advice now. Mom would do that. I know mom would guide us in the meditation. Well, that's a problem, Kelly, because all roads lead to, like, uh, pharmaceutical solutions when (laughs) imagining your feet falling asleep just doesn't get the job done anymore. You want to know my (laughs) sleep visualization? Yeah. So, everyone, close your eyes. (laughs) I imagine that I'm in a forest, and the forest will change depending on the season. Andy's eyes are closed. Thank you. <laughs> Andy was very earnestly following. No, and there's a path. And I first I look first I start on the path and I'm standing on the path and I look all around me and I notice the the rustling of the leaves and the color and I think of the smell of like a fall forest. It's fall right now, so I'm in the fall fall season. Right. And then I start walking and I'm holding a stick. And there's like a muddy dirt path that you can kind of draw in and I draw one with the stick and I walk on and then I draw two and I just keep walking until the numbers go all the way up. Did you make this up? Yeah. (laughs) And it works. How long have you been doing it? Like six months. Whoa. It puts me back to sleep because I wake up in the night and I'm like, I have fights with commenters on the internet in my head. Yeah. And I like rewrite things I should have said differently. And I just notice that my my head gets completely away from me. And I think the point of meditation, like, 
to, to like state the obvious is just to basically like control your thoughts or like, well, actually <laughs> meditation experts everywhere are pu- putting up a finger and be like, excuse me. <laughs> um, it's more like embracing your thoughts and not like letting them take you where they want to go. Like I've always heard, have you guys heard the metaphor of like watching cars pass on a freeway? It's like traffic or clouds. Yeah. It's like a thought comes and like you could run away with it or you could just be like, Oh, that's a thought. Like, yeah, she said that, and I'm just going to let it go. Mm. But it's also the idea of, like, controlled thinking. Like, you know, if you focus on your breath, box breathing, which is in for four, hold, out for four. In for four, hold. <laughs> it's called box breathing. I learned it in my freelance gig earlier this summer. Check oh. out the newsletter, the <laughs> anti-anxiety notebook. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so thinking about the forest puts me back to sleep because it doesn't, like, rev up my mind. You guys yeah. should try it out. I know. I feel like I'm going to. Mm. Another version of that visualization, not to just, like, put everyone literally to sleep, which is kind of the point. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a harder visualization, okay? This is, like, master level. Andy, take notes. This one... Why? I don't to- want to do a hard visualization. No, nope. want- <laughs> But that's the point. If it's hard, it really takes your attention. Mm. So, so this one, you really got to get creative. You're still in the forest and you're still counting, but instead of drawing the numbers on the mud, it's almost, this is why it's almost too hard, but you have to you're find the numbers. <laughs> no, no. You have to find the numbers. So like you might see like a worm on the ground and that's a one. Whoa. And then, and then, you know, sometimes it'll cheat and it'll be like two will be carved on a tree. And then three will be like a snake is like slithering in the in the direction of a three. You made this up, <laughs> but she cheats. <laughs> Honestly, then I feel like it's like then it has like the gamification piece, and I'm gonna want to like not stop until I get to whatever number I'm supposed that's to. That's too to. much. Yeah, it's too much detail. My the thing that makes me fall asleep is just focusing on my breath and going in, out, in, Boring. out, in, out. <laughs> Yeah, but like I need like nothing but like repetitive emptiness. I can't be strolling through a beautiful meadow trying to find a flower that's shaped like the number eight. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, though, Andy, you might find that like being heavily distracted like that. It's so fucking boring. You're you immediately fall asleep. (laughs) You're like, I'm bored and this is too hard. Okay, I'll try it tonight. Yeah, give it a try and um, let me know. You can bill me as your new sleep therapist. <laughs> I was just listening when do we get to, to... What? I was, I was going to say, when do we get to talk about fear of dying young? Mm. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. Because I've been... I have a question for you guys. Yeah. When are you old enough that you're no longer, like, really young if you die? <laughs> like, no one's like, oh, wow, that's tragic if they hear that you passed. Because, <laughs> like, I'm, we're... I, all of us are out of the tragic range you don't you think yeah it does it is really sad once you start realizing how young like 50 is and how long you've been like well they're 50 yeah (laughs) yeah so fucked up and now i'm like excuse me my peers are basically 50 (laughs) we are young as spring chickens (laughs) um i think that like i think that if you're in your 20s it's definitely tragic I actually, wait, Andy, do you remember me asking you, like, a few months ago what you thought the most tragic age was to die? This is such a morbid oh, topic. Yeah. What did you say? I think you said 22. I think 22 was, yeah. 
Like right fresh out of college. Yeah. Yeah. So tragic. Ooh, like right after you just tailed, ready to take on the world and start your career. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Really dark. I feel like, I mean, I think that, I think that maybe more tragic for me than like age is how. Like accidents, always tragic. Like dying by an accident is mm-hmm. a complete nightmare. I well, once Googled. I remember, uh, wait, go ahead. I was just going to say, I once Googled how many people die by accident. It, who is it tragic? Is tragic classifying your reaction to it or is it for the person who died? <laughs> well, I'm the protagonist of life, so yes, it's me. <laughs> wait, Kelly, what, well, like, what Why is someone who gets like pushed onto the subway tracks and run over more tragic than like a 15-year-old with brain cancer? I think because it seems like it could have been avoidable. Like, like, Hills, you wrote about this recently about how, like, because I'm the same way, where you think, like, if you left five seconds later that something, you know, something would have fallen off scaffolding and hit you like that architect recently. Or, you know, like, I think about that all the time, getting hit by cars, being in car accidents. Like, it's all just a matter of seconds. So things like that, it just seems like, oh, my gosh, if they had just paused to respond to a text instead of kept walking they wouldn't have encountered that accident. Yeah. yeah, it's the closeness, right? Yeah. Have you guys seen that, the thread of, um, like, if you could have a, a video game stat hovering above everyone's head in the real world, what would you choose? Wait, yes, we've talked about this forever ago. Cause I, I, I think we talked how many times you've, I, I don't know if we talked about this, but someone I read it was like, how many times people have, like, narrowly averted death? Oh, my God. Ooh. Wait, but why oh, would that like, be useful? Like, it's like an external... Tracker. It wouldn't be useful, but it would be good to know. I at least would have someone tell me what my number was with my head. <laughs> Wait, I think that my answer was I want to know how many times someone's lied. That number would just be so high you couldn't do anything with it. I'm pretty sure mine was to know how much money they make, which is so fucking <laughs> vapid. Yeah, maybe I no, didn't we're... understand the point of the um, question. Because I think that's... mine was like how many days left they have alive. Oh my gosh, no, that's bad. Would you guys want to know? And again, it's like, can someone tell me what my number says above my head, please? Would you guys classify yourselves as, like, actively, passively, or not at all afraid of dying young? I mean, if if we are considered young. (laughs) Yeah, that's the... Andy has now uh, added that variable in. I would say actively. Actively, yeah. One... Some commenters brought up a really, I think... um, good distinction when I said that that guy who had the inoperable brain tumor which I've been thinking about a lot even though there's like you know there's so many tragic stories all the time but like a lethal diagnosis feels so jarring like a really sudden and lethal diagnosis so like I think that 15 year old who has cancer is also still tragic by the way I mean as I'm sure we'd all agree but anyway um he said you never think this will happen to you and I have been thinking, like, oh, I think that will happen to me all the time. And so I was assuming that me and him are different. But some people commented and they said, um, I think that a lot of us think it will happen. But once it happens, you're actually a lot more shocked. Even though you kind of, like, thought about it all the time, it's still really shocking. You're never actually prepared. And, like, some part of you still didn't actually think it was going to happen. Like, even mm-hmm. if you were scared. You still, like, somebody described it, which I thought was really, like, well put, was, like, being really, really scared of dying young, but also some part of you, like, believing you're immortal. <laughs> and these are, like, in such yeah. conflict. 
Yeah. Like constantly thinking about the odds of like, realistically, it won't be me, but it'll be somebody. I don't know. I, I do think about that a lot. Yeah. Or just sort of like assuming like you yourself are not going to die. It's just like, cause you mm-hmm. won't, it's just, it's an impossible thing to wrap your head around. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm really anxious about it. And I think about all the the choices I make are like, you know, staying out too late or how I don't sleep a lot. And I think about all these things that are contributing to, you know, an early mortality, raising my (laughs) risks in a way where I'm like kind of just waiting for the shoe to drop to like find out. But I, to your point, like, I don't think I, I would be horrified and shocked if I were to find that I had... I don't know what, how those two things generally result in death, but um, and if I would have a warning. You don't think that if you went to the doctor with a headache or something and then they like did an MRI and was like, oh, you have a huge brain, brain tumor, it's inoperable, you'll be dead in like two years, you wouldn't be like some part of you would be shocked? Well, it's hard to say because now if I ever feel anything, I just think I have COVID. <laughs> and now that no other sicknesses exist. <laughs> I know, that's the weird like backwards logic. Like, colds and flus don't exist anymore. Like, you just have COVID. Like, yeah, the prolonged headache is COVID. Definitely not a brain tumor. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I actually recently got a flu shot, though. To my credit. (laughs) You know, one thing that is different for me is, like, this changed so much when I had kids. Ooh, that's a really good point, Kelly. I wanted you to talk about that. I was actually thinking about that a lot reading your newsletter today because I look forward to the day that you may or may not have kids mm-hmm. and can write about, put put all my weird emotions about it into words because it's hard for me to explain it. But the mortality thing is really different. And I think that's the first thing that popped in my head, Andy, when you asked about the mortality or dying young. Um, because for me now, like, okay, yeah, I have friends and family and a husband who would be like really sad if I died. But like, I'm leaving my girls... Like, you know, when they're so young, I mean, I think like it's a totally different layer now. And Mm -hmm. I think so much about that. I think it, I think it's like amplified my death anxiety because now Mm -hmm. it's, it's the same for me. Like it's the same type of anxiety I had before about dying, but then now there's this added cost of like the impact it would have on their lives. And then I also worry about them dying. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like a times four. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think like, I think we talked about this a lot when you were pregnant, Kelly, but, um, Megan O'Connell, wait, Mm -hmm. is that her name? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Megan O'Connell's book. She talks a lot about how when they had a baby, they were just constantly paranoid that the baby was dead and like, yeah, they would get home from the babysitter and like pretend to have small talk, but like both of them were secretly just wanting to check to make sure the baby was alive. And she's like, it's almost irrational, but it's like such a fixation. And I wondered if you, I, I think of you as actually like being a really chill parent. Like, I don't think that you tend to, you're not very helicoptery. You're not like super worried. But I'm wondering if you've had much of that, like, fixation as a as a newish parent of two-year-olds. Yeah, I didn't have it, like, as intensely as some people have. Like, a lot of people, like, can't sleep because they're just constantly checking to see if their kid's sleeping. Like, I, I would have that when they would sleep, like, longer than expected. Um, and I still do. Like, if they sleep, take a really long nap, like, I definitely have a pit in my stomach as I walk in. Like, please be breathing. Yeah. Um, but I think... I think the harder part for me is um, 
is trying to be kind of chill and not let that consume me. But also like there's then it causes this fear of like being overly flippant and being so like obsessed with being chill that then you like overlook something that was preventable or, you know what I mean? Like that. And I think it's weird for parents too. I don't know how many of your listeners are parents and would be able to relate to this, but like there's so much pressure to be like a certain way when you're a mom, kind of like you don't want to be too helicoptery, but like, you don't want to be Neglectful. if you're overly chilled and you're ignoring yeah you're kind of could be neglecting i think like it's really hard to figure out like the parent you want to be and the parent that you then appear to be and obviously like it just never i think the reason why so many people do appear to be helicoptery is because it's just so not worth the risk like i would never ever ever want to like overlook something just like you know with the intention of being chill you know like it's just it's this total it really messes with me. You never really know. Like you want to let them kind of get like Matt and I were talking about this the other day. We were playing in a wagon and Nora kept standing up and Ruby was pulling the wagon. And so it's like, she could definitely fall out. Right. Cause right. Ruby could pull it unexpectedly. She's Oof. not that balanced yet. And um, of course, Ruby's the one pulling. Right. Um, <laughs> so then, you know, I'm talking to Matt where I'm like, I kind of want to let her be able to just fall. Like, I feel like she needs to learn, like, don't stand up in the wagon when it's moving because you'll fall out. But like, you know, it's only a foot and a half or less to the ground. But like, what if she like fell and cracked her skull? And it's like, okay, all for the sake of me, like teaching her this lesson, you know, that's the constant, like, that's a big like cycle or like, I guess, spiral for me now, like always is trying to find that balance. It kind of goes back to that thing you were saying about like, hearing other people's stories of death and thinking like, oh, it could have been avoided with this like tiny thing. Yeah. It's like you're, you're kind of applying it to your own situation. You're like, you're, it's like maybe you're not fully thinking about it consciously, but some part of you is like imagining that she cracks her head and you're thinking back to this moment and being like, I even debated with myself whether to say anything and I decided not yes. to. You yes, know, yes, it's like yes, you're playing yes. the whole thing out in your head. It's like this intrusive idea that you can't get out. Maybe this is just like what it means to be a human or like especially be a parent. But like, well, no, I mean, I think it's, that's actually even what you just described is the same thing as your bug story in your newsletter, which I also yeah. just, yeah, I mean, we're all, we're all parents here. <laughs> we're all parents. I know. Yeah. Actually, I meant to say that at the beginning. I'm sure you can relate to this as a parent. <laughs> um, but I do, I meant to go read the comments on your newsletter so far to see like what people were feeling about it. But when I read that bug scenario, it is like so 100% relatable to me, like every single aspect of it. I completely relate to like seeing all the way years in the future. I still understand. And I was wondering, like, do some people not have that? Like Andy, you feel that way too, right? Sure. Yeah. Or not as much. Yeah. I'm not a parent of a pet or a human though. Well, I don't know. No, I mean, it, it could be anything. It could be your own. It could be your own life. It's yeah. Like I've thought about you guys dying and yeah, I feel like, like Andy, you texted us before being like, for sure. I like I I can tell that you've just been thinking about us dying and being like I love you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like um, if we're ever on like different flights and like you guys are flying together. Oh my god! I think about this all the time. There was one where it was like I think everyone was on one flight and then one of us was on another flight and it was just imagine. I think it was Haley. Haley was on a different one. <laughs> was like it? if it was all like... of us died and it was just you left. Yeah. So, um, it's just, it's such a nightmare. And like the worst, I mean, this is just, this is the, this is the curse of being a human. Like sometimes I think about this, it's just like, you know, animals are not typically as aware of their mortality 
Like humans are sometimes, I think we're just, we're so aware, like we're so smart relatively, even though we do a lot of stupid things, like it's too much to bear. And it happens to people, you know, like these horrible tragedies. I mean, I think about them all the time. You guys want to know the worst one I think about? Not to just like give you something to think about. Andy definitely wants to know. (laughs) This is his Morbid God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We have to make sure not to laugh. Shout out Morbid Reality. Wait, what? Yeah, wait, what? There's a subreddit that's all about these types of untimely deaths, and it's called Morbid Reality. And it's a horrible place to visit, but sometimes you just have to. I have not heard of that. Wait, is it kind of like Final Destination vibes? I I feel like this is not an endorsement, and (laughs) it's just a thing that exists on the internet, but it generally covers unexpected deaths. Oh, Um, okay, this is dark, but, like, I heard a news story once about, like, a bachelorette party. Do you guys remember this? The limo? No. Oh, my God, Kelly, you remember? Yeah, I totally do. It was in New York. Wait, is it a decapitation? No, the fire in the limo. There was was a bunch of girls in the back of a limo. Oh, I remember that. And something caught fire. And they couldn't get out. And they were screaming, but there was, like, a partition up, so, like, the driver couldn't hear them. And so they all died. Yeah, it was like on Long Island, right? It was like close to... Oh my god, I really think about that all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's a really bad one. Wait, did everyone die? Yeah. Yeah, all the girls in the back. The driver survived. So bad. That's really bad. It almost seems, this is a crazy thing to say, but it's almost like, it seems brave to like go through that. It's just like, even though they couldn't help it, I'm just like, how did you go through that like absolutely monstrous... Yeah. It's just so insane. It's like... I just can't. I mean, people are going through monstrous things all the time. I think about that with plane crashes too, where you're. Remember, we talked about this so much with Kobe Hills. Because remember how we were both so wrecked by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I just think so much about. I mean, you. It seems like you'd have to just sort of like maybe. I mean, a fire is different, but like a plane crash, you. It seems like you try to like find some peace, like in those last. Like you know what's <gasps> happening. You're, I know, it's terrible. I can't, I, I could know, not I remember, I remember the Kobe thing, I like could not stop thinking about like the minute before, like yeah. the minute they realized that it was right. not gonna. Oh my God, <sighs> and he's in there with his daughter. Ugh. It's just a yeah. horrible, horrible, ooh, we've taken a dark turn. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys, like, I definitely, every time a plane's taking off, I'm like low-key assuming it's gonna explode oh same same like i somebody said in the comments that they're getting more afraid of planes as they get older and i could not agree more yeah because you're more just like how does this work totally like i fly a lot but i'm like yeah that's the problem that's how i feel about my heart too i'm like i don't understand how it works i'm very very concerned you know like i need dad to like bust out his like notepad in the office his flip i totally agree (laughs) <laughs> Did you say you don't agree, Andy? No, I totally agree. I think the heart example is so good. The older you get, yeah. you're like, why is this still working? <laughs> I'm like, in my mid-30s, this should not still be working. Especially you, Andy. You're like, that's where you're talking about. That's your problem, is your heart. It's like, you're drinking, you're staying out too late, you're not sleeping. Like, your heart is like, that's, okay, that's Kelly, the at-risk. It's a Sunday organ. night. <laughs> We're sleep trying to ease night. into a restful sleep. <laughs> Walk through the forest. Just think of the forest. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. I feel like whenever I think about the fact that we're like wireless, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like completely self-sustaining. Yeah, totally wireless. Beings, like 
how are we animated? Dude. Like, I think it's probably because I'm, like, grew up in tech, but I'm just, like, I don't get it. <laughs> Wait, you're right. Those actually probably are connected. What, well, describing us as being wireless? <laughs> <laughs> Could it be Silicon related? Silicon Valley kid. <laughs> uh, well, wait until you grow a human. Then you're like, sorry to be such the like token mom on this. No, no, no. I love chat. it. Please, please. But that's another thing where you're just like, oh my God, like how many millions of tiny processes have to go right? And you have no idea what's making them know to start or end or pause or divert. And, and a lot of them don't. Right. And that's yeah. like so scary the whole time. It's like, it is, I talk about this with a couple of my friends, like, it's so cheesy, but it's such a miracle. Like, it's a miracle that we all exist and, like, live each day, and then you, like, grow another one with your body. It's, like, the craziest experience that is so stressful <laughs> the whole I know, time. And I think it's especially true right now when we're all so alienated from, like, nature. You know, we're so yeah. used to, like, the mechanisms of modern life being governed by, like, electronics and, like, things that are, like, really like trackable and like a you know even like we think of brains as like processors which isn't exactly right well you do because you're a silicon valley kid (laughs) (laughs) well true true no but i remember reading an article once about how like we've uh, we've always understood brains by like based on kind of like what the current technology is and like we tend to think of like memories as like data storage and that's like not actually correct it's like not really like that at all and that, you know, as we know, memories are not really, they're, they're mutable. They're constantly changing. Did you get the, the 512 brain or the one terabyte brain? <laughs> <laughs> Can you I, upgrade? I, if I was just going to say, if I could pay to like store more memories, mm-hmm. I definitely would. You know, I'm doing that for my phone and my Gmail. <laughs> Wait, you're doing what? I pay every month to like have extra oh, yeah. storage in my phone and my <laughs> Gmail. It's really stupid. I'm like two dollars to never lose any. Yeah, memories. I believe I believe you have a terabyte of iCloud storage yeah, that you were paying thirty dollars a month for. It's nine ninety nine. Okay, and I'm using I'm going to use that whole terabyte. You just watch. I already have fifty thousand photos on my phone. Oh my god. Uh, never losing any of them. Well, anyway, I was gonna, I was what I was going to say earlier was that I just listened to a podcast interview with Maria Bamford who is a, a comedian. Do you guys remember her? Mm-hmm. Um, somebody recommended her podcast in response to my thing about intrusive thoughts. And what was she, she was, in? Was she in Louis? I think she was in she Louis. Was in she some... had something, dy- something dynamite. Oh, yeah. Her I can't, own show. Yeah. I can't Napoleon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, wait, but she was actually so funny. I loved her. Avi and I were really laughing. Um, but she was talking about how her intrusive thoughts weren't about like her something happening to her but her she was afraid that she was gonna like kill her parents whoa or like more specifically i mean she was funny about it but she was like oh yeah like i was just afraid that i was gonna like chop all the people i love into like she kept saying bits and chunks (laughs) (laughs) wait like accidentally or it was just caught up i think it was like it's kind of the, the you know how sometimes you're standing in front of a train and you're like maybe I'll just jump even though like of course you're not going to it's like this weird like you know it's an intrusive thought it's like a it's like an mm-hmm. impulse check I know but there's like 400 steps in that process <laughs> like I feel like that's she's a more advanced level of intrusive thoughts than me I guess yeah like you just like go into a fugue state and like chop your parents up into pieces and then you're like wait I regret this yeah yeah it's like that takes like six hours and then you're just like oh why did I do that 
<laughs> it takes like it takes like so many tools. Like you really have to yeah, prepare yeah. for that. Right, right. Yeah, I mean it's not rational. Um, I actually thought it was, she was she was on Fresh Air and Terry Gross was interviewing her, and I thought it was actually oh. like such an insane thing for Terry to say. But she was like, yeah. oh, you know, she was like, oh well, I I sometimes have like. I get in spirals, like, thinking about things that will happen to me, but I don't typically think of doing things to others because I, sh- I just, like, don't have it in me to do those mm. things. <laughs> and Maria's like, oh, I-, I guess I'm, like, <laughs> I guess I'm on a first-name basis with Maria Manford. But she's, I could tell she was like, well, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, though, Terry. <laughs> I know. I was like, obviously she didn't think she had it in her to chop up somebody into pieces, but it was just, like, it was a weird intrusive thought. It was, like, she- I mean, I think she described it as OCD. Can I tell you a different type of intrusive thought I have that's not about me dying? I guess Mm -hmm. it could be about someone else, but in a different way. Yeah. Okay, I also have this weird, and maybe this is from Rescue 911 Unsolved Mystery Days, Mm -hmm. but I do always sort of have this feeling that, like, I could be, like, an important witness for something. (laughs) Like, where you want to, like, memorize somebody's features or, like, what they were doing or where where you were, what kind of car it was. Do you guys have that This ever? is the most Kelly in Jesus Because <laughs> I want to be the best witness possible. <laughs> I might be an important witness. Yeah. I, it can consume me sometimes. Are you like, is it... I feel is like it you so- see a suspicious character. Exactly. You're like, I should study this person. Well, it can be that, but sometimes it's not, right? Because sometimes it'll be after the fact. Like, what if they were like, it could, it, there's probably a special scenario. Like, maybe it's like we're the only two people around mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, okay, well, if, you know, a policeman is like <laughs> a really trustworthy. If I hear on the news later that there was a murder in the area. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what if they're like, did you see this person or something? And I'm like having to pull that from my brain. Because I don't feel like I have a super visual memory. So it's, like, something I have to be really conscious about. So when I'm having to remember a potential crime scene, it takes up a lot of space in my brain. Oh, my God. Don't mind Kelly just writing down license plate numbers all the time. Yeah, is that the next step? I have a notebook or something with me always? Like, don't mind me, just... Wait, (laughs) I actually have never had that one, Kelly. But it reminds me of somebody who commented saying that they had like a fear and like a visualization of their parents dying but they would like take it further to like they stepped in as the parent and were like the hero for their younger siblings and i thought like wow that's like really taking the pathology into like a new direction which i kind of respect (laughs) yeah wow i like the idea of like you being like your anxiety like like taking you towards like being the hero of a situation yeah Mm. Um, there was, remember that show, um, I think it was just called MTV True Life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember yes. that? Of course. Isn't that yeah. what it was called? Yeah. True Life um, I blank. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this is, I, I actually think about this one a lot, which is really related to that, which is like, um, True Life, like, I'm, I'm scared of my mom dying or something. Mm. Do you guys, do you remember that at all? No. It was like this girl who was just super freaked out. It was, I mean, it's very much like what we're talking about, who just like. Can you imagine, first of all? Like what? that would not make get made today. It's like so boring. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like true life. I like I eat cinder blocks or something. <laughs> it's always cinder blocks. Okay, continue. Or always saying. eating weird stuff is what I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, but I just think about it a lot. No, she was like really obsessive. Like she wanted to be with her mom at all times. I feel like she didn't let her mom like go on planes. Um, she was just like really protective. And that I think about mom. that a lot too. Cause I'm, yeah. I mean, she had to like 
process it. Like, I forget. I think it ended with letting her mom, like, go on a flight or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think about that a lot, too, because I don't just worry about myself dying. I worry about, like, you guys are not dying, too. Oh, my Which God. Which I guess we kind of talk, talked about a little bit. But it's not only – I guess it's not only me. It oh, yeah, 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 yeah. strangers yeah. on the street, too. Well, we've talked about – we've talked about that website, right? Wait, no. What's that the website? horrible, rotten website. It's like a parent visit calculator where you put in <gasps> what year and state your parents were born in and how often you see them. And it calculates how many times you'll see your parents again before they statistically are likely to die. What? And oh my god, is, Andy, that's the most you should have ever heard. It's horrible. Don't did do you do it? it? What's yes. the number? I don't remember, and I'm not. If I could, I wouldn't cite it. It's a lot lower than you'd expect. <gasps> that's so fucking dark. It's so dark. <laughs> I I feel like that wouldn't be accurate for us, right? I mean, we. I agree, mm-hmm. Kelly. <laughs> does it count if you're know. like in the same place and you go to sleep and then you wake up and see them again does that count as two <laughs> yeah i was thinking visit unique visits not uh, unique so you have days. to have long long visits well luckily kelly having uh the twins has drastically increased yeah the visits, yeah, visits. yeah yeah what are you saying the, oh i was gonna say this is kind of a gross thing to like reveal on the pod <laughs> but my other intrusive thought is like taking a knife and putting it on like not me necessarily like I'm not scared I'm going to do it but it's just like a visual I have that haunts me for some reason like really I can't get it out of my head but a knife like um like doing like doing a cut on your thigh like a straight across cut and then like peeling and then a little bit on either side so that there's like a strip and then just like peeling the skin down your thigh i'm so sorry i should have done a trigger warning for that one do you know where that's coming from Hales? it's something that haunts me which is the scene in black swan where she pulls her hangnail back and i will like never be able to unsee it sorry but that'll send me into a spiral for a bit i mean that's what it reminds me of at least maybe it's not actually what yours is that's actually a good segue uh, is scenes you can't unsee because mine, and I literally, when I think about it, I want to hide in, t- in my closet. Mm-hmm. You guys might not have this because this is my particular sensitivity to teeth stuff. Oh, yeah. It's that what scene is it? In, is that scene in Broad City? <laughs> Wait, I don't remember. Wait, I'm trying to remember. I don't, I'm trying to I get off Cam. Um... <laughs> I think it's Alana. She bites into a jawbreaker and her front teeth break off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, Haley, that's like, that's like the most lighthearted haunting <laughs> scene I've ever heard. No, I literally hate teeth so much. Like, I can never get over that scene for the rest of my life. <laughs> that is bad. Teeth are horrible. And uh, coming from someone who has a dead tooth, no less. Right, that's true. Those are connected. I know, yeah. The people who, yeah, the, the broken front tooth... But it's so fixable, though. That's the thing, Hales, now, right? I mean, yeah, we right. know several people with half teeth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But still, it probably hurts. I can't think of a specific scene right now that's, like, the one that haunts me. You've seen too many haunting things, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yours could be a Final Destination type scene, I feel like, Andy. You, like, mention those periodically. Yeah. I mean... I feel like some of the... I haven't even seen all those movies, but those haunt me. Like, the one where, like... Someone's driving behind a log truck and like 
they stop really fast and the logs like shoot off yeah. the back of the truck and into no, the dude the, you're the, thinking of gpn wait what yeah that's yeah that happened to our grandpa I'm horrified by like elevator stuff. Um, Interesting. Like someone's crawling out of an elevator door and then it starts moving again because there's yeah. just nothing you can do to prevent being cut in half. Ooh. Yeah, like that video of the Upper East Side apartment. No. Okay. Yeah. What? Yeah, that, that's like something that haunts both Matt and I for sure. Mine is definitely that Black Swan one. I mean like that. Do you guys remember it? I, I only sure. vaguely remember the black swan. She's like washing her hands and like catch, sees like a hangnail or a, no, it's like a cuticle. Ooh, ooh. And she just. Yeah, she peels it, goes all the way up the finger. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Horrible. Ugh. It's really bad. It's crazy the way those things stick in your mind. <sighs> do you guys feel like we covered all our neuroses? Actually, it could really take us all night, but I do feel like we should. Let me see how long we've been talking. An hour and ten We're minutes. over an hour. Yeah. I really could talk to you guys forever. I was like so excited to have you on the podcast. I know. I was thinking about how it was like mom and dad, Avi, oh, wow. Arlene, <laughs> yeah, we someone you only knew on Twitter, in and then <laughs> us. <laughs> I saved you guys for the best app. Yeah. what it was. I'm sure people are going to love listening to us talk through our dumb mental spirals i know and also like just giving everybody the absolute like horror of our imaginations our dark imaginations. i know i feel like should we recommend people listen to this like not before bed and (laughs) that's a really good point it should be a morning listen for sure (sighs) like on a walk or something or doing something that they enjoy and find joy in how about you (laughs) know what how about to wrap this up we each present a pure and um cleansing image to conjure in everybody's minds <laughs> oh my god my brain is like empty of <laughs> positive pure visuals okay here's mine here's mine and this is inspired by a tiktok i saw recently okay you're standing oh, in a they use that mean- you're standing in a in a big open field you see off in the distance that there is a pack of sheep grazing on the grass. The wind is blowing. The sun is out. It's a beautiful sight. And you start noticing that the sheep are all trotting, start trotting in a certain direction. It's not towards you. It's towards another direction. They seem like they're on a mission. But you know these sheep. And so you give them a little call. You say, come here, guys. And suddenly, as they're running, they all shift direction at the exact same time, like a little fluffy pack, and start racing towards you. And then when they get to you, they're so excited, they're jumping all over you like dogs. End scene. That's really nice. I feel like we have to leave it just on that note. (laughs) Yeah, and you definitely need to link that in your... (laughs) That was the moment where I was like, maybe this is what my TikTok feed should be. You know how you have to like. You I feel like it's. I. I think it's a flock of sheep, not a pack. But. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're right. I'm mixing it with pack of wolves. But you know, you know what I was thinking about is the old like idea we used to have of like a pack of pomapoos running towards us. Oh my for gosh. Sure. We used to have a pomapoo. A dream for those listening. A pomeranian poodle mix named Rocky. R.I.P. Rocky. May he rest in peace. <sighs> okay, I really think we've accomplished something here, and that we've made everybody horrified, and thinking about death. Um, Just in time for the work week. 
<laughs> this will hit everybody's inbox on Tuesday morning, which should be a nice. I, know, I was wondering if we were if this was going to be election day content. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, you're right. It's on. It's on brand. Yeah, I was yeah, just going to say right. that's sort of nothing more perfect than that. Maybe that does make sense. Yeah, being too uplifting on election day would just be, you know, dishonest. So you know what? What we've done is provided a very dark distraction. We've really done a service <laughs> here. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. Love you, love too. you too. Don't don't hang up yet. I'm just gonna stop our recording. Okay? Everybody say okay. bye to me. <laughs> to you? Bye, Haley. Yeah, yeah. Bye. Bye, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Okay. So what do you think? Appropriate or inappropriate for election day? Too dark or not dark enough? I also want to ask you, actually, in case you do feel like genuinely weighing in, we had a conversation after we turned off our mics that I wish that we had recorded, but I forgot to mention this poll I did on my Twitter yesterday where I asked people if they often imagined dying young or like maybe we could say prematurely, maybe by accident or a diagnosis that's unexpected. Um, or if they just assume that they won't die by those means and they kind of maybe passively assume a kind of death of old age, let's say. And the score was, or the ratio rather, was like, I think 60, no, 70-30, I think, closer to 70-30. 30 people, 30% of people saying that they assume that it won't happen. So I'm curious where you fall on the spectrum. Um, I know we mentioned the podcast that maybe everybody would still be surprised if it happened to them, even if they're an anxious person who thinks about it a lot. So maybe it's not so much about whether you'd be surprised as much as just how much you, how much mental space you give this idea. And if you have any other thoughts on it, um, I welcome them. So it's election day. This will be out by 9 a.m. I will talk to you on the internet. I'm sure... It will be a very stressful day. So hopefully this maybe got your mind off of it in some form, uh, even if it went into a dark direction. But um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful for your time and for your listening and reading. And I will see you next week. Okay, bye. Sound.